this week on the NFL edition of Lighting Money on Fire. We go over last week's bet, which was a winner. Where's the air horn? We need an air horn. Also, Le'Veon Bell, this close to not reporting. Probably not reporting. We're going to break it all down. Other things happened as well. Week 10 is in the books. We had some surprising fantasy performances. We're, of course, going to pick out our best bet. We're going to go over Survivor. We're going to do everything else right now on Lighting Money on Fire with Grant and Jonathan. Hey, we won. We did it. I knew we were going to win that one. It was so obvious. We took the Cardinals. I don't mean that. The Cardinals were getting 16 and a half points. I didn't feel good about this which one. Which is unheard of, but they only lost by what? 13? Something like that? I mean, now I have to look it up now that you're asking. Yeah, um, I think they lost by 13. Yeah. So, um, some, something like that for sure. So that was good. We won money on that. Yes. They lost by 12, actually. It was 26 to 14. Cool. So we did it. Yeah. So we're done. We win all of the bets. I think it's over now. I think we're actually officially down something like two and a half units now. I'd have to look, but... It's not so bad. Not so bad at all. Pretty good. I mean... I mean, it's not good. It's not ideal. We are lighting money on fire, so we're doing what we said we were going to do. I mean, do. if we were winning, then that would be... We'd have to change the name of the podcast, and that's really bad for branding and the current listenership. And, like, all. we, and can't we, do we that. feel like we came up with a good name. We don't want to have to deal with changing the name. The name is so good. I'll, I'd rather lose forever than <laughs> give up this name. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> like, uh, it's like the value of, of the, the title of king, you know? There's no actual value with it. You mean like in England? Yeah. Right. But but it's pretty sweet. I mean, there is some value. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can like, you get bowed to and shit. I mean, they, they do, you know, talk to you in matters of politics a little bit. They consult you. And also, you are the richest person by far in the country, which is really why you're the king. Or That's the queen. not really true anymore. Um, they own like a third of all property in England. The, the royal family does. You think they have more money than like Rupert Murdoch? Yes. Huh. Okay. Maybe. I believe they do. Richard Branson? More than Richard Branson? I believe they do. I don't actually know the answers to this. Much like many of the other things that I I weigh in on, but I believe they have more money than all those folks. Is Richard Branson Australian, though? I don't think so, but, I mean, he's... Virgin took place in in England. Like, that's where it all happened. All right. I have no idea. Okay. Clearly. Let's talk about football. Yes. The National Football League. Before we get to the fantasy portion, which is going to be a big portion this week, I want to ask you a question, Jonathan. Fantastic, Grant. What happened to the Patriots? Yeah. Grant, said, Grant said, I have a topic for you and you're, something you know a lot about. That's all he said. So obviously it's going to be about the Pats. Yeah. So what happened? Okay. Um, they lost. Badly. They lost badly. It's true. To the Tennessee Titans. It was 34 to 10. And it really, I mean, it was about as close as that. It was 17 to 3 at the end of one. It was 24 to 10 at the end of two. 27 to 10 at the end of three. 34 to 10 at the end. It just was a crappy, poopy day. The Pats have had um, weird games this year where their three losses are all sort of like, what just happened kind of losses. They went to Detroit and got kind of owned, if yeah, you recall. By the Super weird. And the Lions do not look very good this year overall. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Tennessee at least has a winning record. Five and four now? Yeah. I mean, they have a winning record because the Pats, because yeah. they lost to the Pats, or they beat the Pats. But, like, the Pats went to Jacksonville and lost 31 to 20. They went to Detroit and lost 26 to 10. They went to Tennessee and lost 34 to 10. So, those are like, it's weird because they beat the six and three Houston Texans. Now, Houston's won six in a row, but okay. Indianapolis is actually looking pretty good. They beat Indy. 
kind of comfortably, 38-24. They beat Kansas City. That's what I was just about to say. They beat the freaking Chiefs. They went to Chicago and beat the Bulls in a very good hard-fought game, the but Bulls. they beat them. Well, whatever. They'd probably be better at football than the Bulls. Yeah, they beat the Bears. They also beat the Green Bay Packers, 31-17. I mean, the Pats have, have, have a lot of quality wins, but Did all three losses are on the road and are not pretty. So we were talking last week about home road splits and about how there's like some teams that are traditionally, at least for fantasy purposes, yeah. much better at home. The Saints, the Falcons, and the Steelers, historically. Are the Patriots becoming one of those teams where they need home field? I don't believe so. I don't think that's right. I mean, I think they just... I mean, you win less on on the road. Sorry, yeah, you win less on the road. That's just how it is. The Pats, let's see, their record currently on the road is... They're 2-1. and They're uh, 2-3 and on the road. That's fine. It's not great. It's not what you expect from uh, this team specifically. they They could be undefeated on the road, clearly. Yeah. But they're just not... Now, I mean, they're not an they're not an all timer this this year. You know, they don't have right. one of the great teams. They have a good team. There's a chance they could still win the Super Bowl. Sure, but I mean, let's let's also remember Rob Gronkowski is not playing right now. True, and it, I think a lot of it's going to come down to he's taking some. He didn't play the last two weeks. They've got a bye week now. Is he going to come back healthy? If he comes back healthy, I think suddenly everything opens back up for this team because. Traditionally, if you look at Brady's um, with Gronk and without Gronk stats, they are wildly different. And actually, the Patriots in general, in terms of how many points they score per game, like significant, like something like 10, 11 points a game difference because he creates such a matchup problem for everyone. And he actually is one of the great, certainly one of the great tight ends of all time. Yeah. I think everyone would agree with that. He catches something like 10% more balls that are sort of considered not catchable than um, like any other tight end in history. Something ridiculous really? like that. Yeah. Um, so he just brings this incredible like problem to the defense when he's healthy, when he's like lumbering around, it still helps, but it's not the same. No. Um, so if, so if he can take this time off now, like this will be three weeks off, gotten off really four. Um, if that's enough or if he needs to keep going, like it's fine with me if he takes the rest of the season off, as long as he's okay for the playoffs, if he can be a hundred percent, I think the Pats are terrifying probably to the, the, the rest of the league. If he comes back a hundred percent without him back, I think, like, I don't expect them to get out of the AFC. They may not get a first-round bye for the first time in eight years. They may not make. They may not get to the AFC uh, championship game for the first time in seven years. I mean, these things really could all be in play. Do you think Gronk's absence was really enough to affect the 24-point loss to the Titans? I mean, I would generally argue no, because it's so many points. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to really know, though, because, you know, football is weird because it's all situational. So you make different play calls based. It's not like basketball as much. It is a little, I guess basketball can be like this a little bit, but more and more in the NBA, they take three pointers, no matter what the score is. Like it didn't used to be like that. You know, now they bomb away no matter what. So it's sort of all, everyone's just sort of trying to be optimal in the NBA all the time. It's going to be like the NFL eventually with two point conversions. Right. Probably. Right. But so, um, so it's possible that, you know, the Pats either fall behind, but then they're able to score quickly and then they can play different kinds of defense to show them different schemes. I'm just making this up. I assume they probably lose anyway, even if they have Gronk in this game, but I think it's at least possible they don't. Yeah, I guess. I think it's very likely they still lose. I mean, 24 points is a lot of points. Yeah, and part of what wasn't so great is that Brady didn't look good. Like, Mm -hmm. his deep balls were not accurate, which is one of his better attributes, generally, is deep ball accuracy. 
And it seems like he's lost that over the past couple of weeks. Do you think that's a trend that is real or it's just another time where people are going to be like, is this the end of Brady? Of course not. He's got 11 more years. I mean, I don't think it's a trend that's real. I mean, he's got Josh Gordon, who's only been on the team for a month. He's still working that out. Edelman's just back, who doesn't go deep really much anyway. Danny Amendola's not on the team anymore. That's a guy who's been on the team for the last five years. He doesn't really have a whole lot of guys who he's used to playing with, except for Edelman. And so I think he's still it's, figuring everybody out. It's not really about that, in my opinion. Like when watching the game, it's just like the balls don't look as good when he throws them. Mm-hmm. It's like he doesn't have the same zip with his throws that he used to have. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising if time is catching up with him. Yeah, he's 41. Would not. Would certainly he's been not. playing football for 15, 16, 17 years. Um, but I don't think something has changed in the last month either. That I'm aw- like nothing that I'm aware of anyway has changed. You know, yeah. he's by the way when you say his deep ball is like one of his better attributes, I don't know if I necessarily agree. He's had some really big deep balls in his career that he's thrown, but he's never been great on the deep ball. He's, his thing is more just accuracy, like the 15 yard pass play and the short you know West Coast offense kind of dump off right. play. I mean, he can hit some of the deep balls, too. And in his, in his best seasons, you know, he was going crazy to Randy Moss, for right. sure. But I think that was about Randy Moss as much as, as, much as anything else, really, than Brady, in my, is my overall estimation. Yeah. Like, he never had a great arm. He was a sixth-round pick, you know? Like, no one ever thought this kid could, you know, throw the ball far or hard. <laughs> yeah, well, he could throw it pretty far and pretty hard. At least he used to be able to. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he mean, worked hard to transform It's hard to know when it, when it will happen, when, like... Yeah. The Peyton Manning style just completely falling off a cliff. It could happen midseason. For Peyton Manning, it happened in the offseason. But it could happen midseason. Who knows? Like, maybe it's happening. I mean, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. It's really hard to know, though, like you're saying. And I don't know how we're supposed to be able to tell, really. Uh, he's. I mean, he wasn't horrible or anything. This season so far, he's at 65% completions, 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 7.4 yards per attempt. 7.4 isn't great. He did that. And he did. That's better than 2014. That's better than 2013. It's about the same as 2012, that three-year period. I mean, he wasn't bad then. He wasn't amazing in those years. Like 2013, if he was having 2013 right now, he had 60% completion, 7.6, sorry, uh, 6.9 yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Like he's having a year a little better than that right now. You know, so I don't know. Is it age? Is it just... Um, sample size, you know, 10 games isn't really that many games ultimately, you know, to try and make decisions about players, even though it feels like a lot. I don't know. Pat Mahomes, it's enough for sure to say like, okay, this kid is really, really, really good. And maybe, maybe going to be the, maybe just the best player in the league even. But, um, but in terms of like how far off Brady's really fallen, I don't know. He's, he's had big comebacks before. He's, it's got to be over sooner or later, right? This I mean, it has, it. it has to, he's so old, but we've been saying that for five years too. True. So and, I don't uh, know. Eventually, you're gonna if you keep saying it, you'll be right eventually. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's just that Brady has had these moments before in his career where he starts to look a little worse. Yes. You know, unlike Breeze, I feel like has just been consistent, even though he's almost as old as Brady. 2015 is the one that really stands out to me. Right. That yeah. was the. That's is it. 2015 or 24? I guess it's it 2014. 2014. 2014. Week four against the Chiefs. Actually, yeah. when he looked awful, and I was saying, okay, whatever, let's go with Garoppolo. Like it's over. And then they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, against Seattle, and it was like, oh, never mind. And then Brady won the MVP last year. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like right now uh, Brady is not a top five quarterback in the league, but I do think if you have one possession at the end of the Super Bowl, you had to pick a quarterback. He's on my short list, and he may even be a, still be my number one guy. Yeah. So do you think this means that you can't really buy his fake MLM fitness products anymore? I mean, 
first of all, are they fake? It's hard to say. Second, are they? I don't. Are they actually MLM? Uh, they uh, they might as well be in my so, mind. So you're just making things up and slandering slandering the guy. I yeah I am. Okay, good. Just check. I mean, I know they've been widely criticized. Yes, they have. Yeah, but he's also 41 and was the MVP last year, so. Maybe he's doing something right. Or maybe somebody saw that he was 41 and was the MVP last year and was like, hey, that's a guy that we can sell this with. I mean, that's not exact. I mean, it depends on what things you're talking about, but like his trainer and he's been talking about feeling like he has better fitness and going to last longer than than quarterbacks for the last 10 years. Like him and Peyton Manning, when they were when Peyton was still a big deal, Brady was quoted in an interview saying, I'm going to last like so many years past Peyton because of the way he's doing it versus the way I'm doing it. Mm. Like, so Brady has been very, that's why Brady says stuff like I'm going to play till I'm 45 and stuff like that. He's very confident in sort of all the things that they're doing. I personally think it's a little bit like Mike Tyson saying, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. Thing like eventually Brady's going to take a hit and it's just going to be over. Yeah. Which is kind of too bad because he still seems like he has his health. And when he takes whatever hit that's coming, the horrible Khalil Mack in the Super Bowl hit or whatever it's going to be, that's just going to break him in half and he's going to be in pain for the rest of his life and it's going to be awful. Like, he should get out. Like, yep. 41, that's enough, man. I'm a Patriots fan, but you should get out, dude. Yep, like, you really should. Escape. You did it. You, it looks like you've done it. Maybe he's in horrible physical shape, but he seems like he's in pretty good shape and seems like relatively healthy. Like, congratulations, you made it. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely want to get out, but you, you and I never had the desire to play football not that we could have had we wanted to, but if I, I had... I mean, I dispute two of the things you just said there, but go on. Okay, which which two? I had the desire and I could have. Okay, could you have played in the NFL? Would you have been drafted? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I, my mom wouldn't let me play high school football. You're so basically Julian know. Edelman. Could- I mean, I wanted to play receiver. I had very good hands and I was fast, but I don't know how well I would have done on the whole hitting thing, you know, getting yeah. hit. Just be glad that you didn't end up doing that. I'm a whole lanky, lanky bag of bones over here and, and <laughs> just be happy worry. that you didn't do that because that could have no i know your, your current state would not be i was good. unhappy at the time but i am very pleased now the choices my parents made well that was pre <laughs> pre all of the concussion research too so yeah you dodged was, the bullet there it was just like this kid's gonna never walk again if he plays freaking yeah. football like are you kidding like i was tiny i mean i was tallish but i was thin so thin tallish tallish yeah compared to who i don't know Short people. <laughs> you're like younger you, kids. I you're don't like know. barely above average height, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, so that's the Patriots. We don't know what it means whenever they do poorly because they often seem to bounce back. I mean, I wonder about this in general in the NFL. Um, when a good team gets beat up really badly, what does it mean? And you could make different cases for that. One of the cases is a good team shouldn't really ever get blown out, you know, by a bad team specifically. Like, Good teams don't really get blown up by bad teams. And I right. don't know that we can come up with that many instances where teams that had extre- extreme success in the playoffs really got completely destroyed in the regular season. I bet you we could find a few examples, but I bet it's pretty rare, really. Because usually that means if you're capable of being blown up by a bad team, you're probably not going to do well. You know, there's, there's some major issues you have with yeah. your team most of the time. Now, of course, there could be weird things like... Let's say Brady had gotten hurt, which we don't think he did. No. Maybe Gronk wasn't playing, and that really does change things offensively and defensively for the opposition. You could make up a thing or two, but like mostly when you get blown out in the NFL, you usually don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but the Patriots have done it before. Have they been blown out? And the Chiefs the game Bowl? didn't. Oh, they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, did they? Or did no, they, they did. They did. They actually so, yes. did win the Super so Bowl. That actually, that's a perfect example of of a con- con- contradicting. Excuse me, what it is I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I hope it happens again, man. Let's go. 
Let's get number six. All right, whatever. You know, I mean, you by the way, you said Khalil Mack in the Super Bowl. Sounds good to me. Yeah. That would be cool. The fifth one was one for the thumb for Brady. The sixth one is the sixth for the dicks. Put it on the dicks, right? What is the matter with you? It's a cock ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. Wow. Wow. I didn't know we were going that explicit, but I guess we There's are. There's an E, man. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, I, I mean, you can. You can. <laughs> you don't have to. I, that's, that's what we've been saying in New Orleans for the last few years. Six for the day. All right. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. Let's move on to fantasy check-in. Fan- fantasy check-in. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. So let's talk about Le'Veon because we have to all the time. We have to. At all now, times. I know this may sound crazy, but I'm checking the news right now to guarantee that he still hasn't checked in and still hasn't shown up in Philly. It is currently 312 Eastern Standard Time. And 4 p.m. is the deadline for him to play this year and to get a year accrued. We don't expect him to show up. No one expects him to show no. up. We could be I'm... proven wrong by the time this podcast comes out. But as of now, I, mean, I would strongly bet on the no side. Of you think that. he would have shown up before the last two or three minutes? He, he has not yet shown up. He's not showing up. I mean, it's 99.9% at this point, right? Yeah. I would think. I'd be happy to lay like... I mean, maybe not a thousand to one, but I'd be happy to like two hundred to one or something like that. He's not showing up. So we're going to talk about his fantasy value moving forward. Uh, but before that, I want to talk more holistically about Le'Veon Bell's decision yes. to do this. I want to do losing that too. out on fourteen and a half million dollars mm-hmm. and trying to basically hold the Steelers hostage to to do the contract structure that he wanted mm-hmm. and how that really just didn't work out for him. Well. We don't know yet, actually, how it worked out and how it didn't. I guess okay. he didn't get the long-term deal he wanted from Pittsburgh. Let's, let's start by prefacing what he wanted, which yes. was he wanted quarterback money, and he wanted it to be all guaranteed. Apparently, quarterback money has been overstated. Hmm. Apparently, what he actually wanted was $17 million a year, which is Antonio Brown money. Okay. So he wanted to be paid like the best wide receiver in football because he was catching five passes a game, and he's, in his mind, he has a wide receiver skill set as well. So he, sees, he wants to be paid not like the best-paid running back, but the best-paid wide receiver. Somewhat reasonable, certainly. Yes. The Steelers offered him, a year ago, they offered him five years, $60 million, which he turned down. Significantly less than $17 million a year. At the beginning of this season, they offered him five years, $70 million, which would, make him, which would have been the highest-paid running back yeah. in the league, at least based on average you know, per year. Now that gets weird with the, the way they backload these contracts with non-guaranteed years and stuff. So it's a little hard to know. I th- it's, it's all about the guaranteed money. Yeah, that, that was a sticking point for him, right? He yes. wanted it to be guaranteed like a quarterback's money is guaranteed. I don't know if he wanted all 70 million of it guaranteed, but he certainly wanted more, more guaranteed money than Gurley got, you know? Right. So what he was trying to accomplish was a very difficult thing. He was trying to create a paradigm shift in the contracts of the NFL entirely, mm-hmm. saying skill players can get fully guaranteed money that's huge. Yeah. And that would change negotiations for the rest of time in the NFL. And I, I, the Steelers didn't want to do that. And I assume all of the GMs and owners in the NFL were hoping the Steelers didn't do that because they didn't want that precedent to be set. I mean, you say that, but like, there's only one other guy who has fully guaranteed money, I think, in the history of the league, right? And that's uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but I and mean, that, that's already that. That's the real paradigm shift, right? Like, it is, but but then the adding it to the fungible position of running back, you know, that really changes things. I feel. I mean, yeah, but the Kirk Cousins thing is a bigger seismic shift from a contract point of view. Yeah. The fact that it happened at all, right? But I agree with you. This is the next the next frontier after another Kirk Cousins. But like if all quarterbacks are getting guaranteed money, which at some point this is probably going to start to happen yeah. now that it's happened with Kirk Cousins, then it would go to like safeties and uh, offensive tackles. And then 
wide receivers and they've worked their way down until like the very best running backs will probably be getting it too. This is probably still going to happen, but we're like, yeah, I don't know, eight years away, and 10 I'm, years away. I'm from sure that. GM's owners are not happy with that. Uh, but yeah. it is, but that's the NFL's managed to keep this up for so many years where they have these non-guaranteed contracts. Mm. And I understand the perspective of, from just a pure logic perspective on the NFL side, players get injured all the time more than in, in other sports. Yeah. So they don't want to guarantee their money, but from the player side, that's horrible, right? Like you sign this contract, you get hurt right away. You don't get any money or you get your signing bonus and not much else. And it sucks because then you're like hurt for life and you know, life is bad. I mean, playing the NFL is not good for your body. Right. So. Right. And that's why they want the guaranteed money. Obviously they want to make sure that they, they lock that up even mm-hmm. if they do get hurt. And I can see why a quarterback would get the guaranteed money, not only because it is the most important position, but over the past years, the rule shifts on quarterback hits and stuff have been so in favor of keeping quarterbacks healthy that it's the probably the most easily protected asset for the team, right? Like the least likely player to get injured. I mean, it's not the least likely player to get injured, I don't think. They're taking blindside hits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um but they're one of they're one of the they're less likely to get injured than the running backs for sure and a bunch of the other players for sure. Right. Um but they're getting paid so much more that it's a big problem. I mean, look how much money the and value the Colts have lost in terms of Andrew Luck for the past right. three years. Now he's finally back, but it took forever. But, yeah, now look at Jimmy Garoppolo, you know? Like, right. He's he was the highest paid player in the league a second ago, and now he's out for the season and who knows what he's gonna by the way, he's barely played any games. We don't even know how good he is, really. Yeah. He's pretty good. That's what we know. He started off this year before tearing his ACL, not looking as good as he right. had looked in the five games last year. But that's not a whole lot. We don't really know what it means. Right. And now he's going to come back after an injury. We don't know if that's going to affect him or not. But maybe we digress a little bit because we were talking about Le'Veon yeah. and sort of what he was hoping to accomplish and did he accomplish it ultimately, right? And will, and is was this a good move for him and and so on, right? It's it's too early to say, but but signs point to no. Yeah. Um. One reason, which we've discussed before, is, of course, that James Conner has performed as well as Le'Veon, at least on paper. I mean, on paper, he's for, performed better. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not good for, for Le'Veon's argument. It's not a good value. case. It's true. Now, truth being that, although statistically, Conner has performed, I think, about the same as Le'Veon did last year, actually, up to this point. Uh, he's slight, He's better, but not wildly better. But they don't use James Conner the same way, to be fair, like Le'Veon's argument about being a good receiver. They never, like, have Conner go split out wide and then run a normal receiver route, whereas they could do that with Le'Veon with ease, and he was a great receiver. That's true, but and the, the counter to that is the Steelers are 6-2-1. and one. Their offense is unbelievably good. They're... And Connor's been basically as good as you could hope he would be, right? Yeah. So, okay, they use him differently. Maybe he's slightly more limited than Le'Veon. But does it matter? Does it hurt the Steelers? I'm not clear that it does. If it does, it's in such tiny ways. And Connor's making something like $800,000 a year. Not just this year, for the next two years, while Le'Veon is asking for $17 million a year. So right. you can put that $16.2 million into other things, yeah. which clearly will improve your team more than the fact that Le'Veon can go out, you know, you know, split out as a wide receiver right, yeah. six times a game or you something. Can get, you can get, like, a really good right guard and a really good left guard for that per year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, have, you, can like, rebuild, you can rebuild your offensive line or your defensive line with that money. Yeah. Or whatever. You can do lots of – or get a superstar. Yeah, you, get, get, you, you could sign a, like, 75th percentile left tackle for that money probably. Oh, absolutely. Maybe even better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nate Solder signed, I think, for less than that uh, with the Giants, and he certainly is above the 75th percentile. Yeah, so, okay, so Le'Veon, it seems like, didn't really accomplish what he wanted to. Well, here's the thing. 
he didn't make the case that the Steelers need him. However, he does miss a full season of pain and suffering. True. He also gives up $14 million or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, he's already rich, though. Of that course. 14, like, people act like that $14 million is insane to miss. It's less insane if you're Le'Veon Bell. Right. If you're me, it's an insane thing to miss, right? Yeah. Um, but Le'Veon's already got like $60 million banked or something like that, yeah. $40 million banked, and he knows he's going to sign another big deal. Every, so that $14 million is less of a thing for him. It's a much smaller percentage of his career net worth, Yes, what, what, it, what it's going to be, right? Um, and he does protect himself, so that way the team that's going to sign him next year, because someone's going to sign him to reasonably good money, right? Mm-hmm. What do you, how much do you think he's going to sign for? If we're going to do, let's call it a three-year deal, and let's assume it's you know effectively like mostly guaranteed, whether that is true or not, just I so think he'll sign on for, average for twelve to fourteen. I yeah, think. I think that's about right. Which yeah. is basically what the Steelers were offering, but you know he get whatever. This is where we are now. Yeah. Um. So he signs, let's say, with the Raiders or somebody for the Dolphins for uh twelve and a half million a year, thirteen million a year, um, and like he doesn't get beat up, which is pretty sweet for him. And maybe he gets more than we think too. Maybe the salary cap goes up a bit in the NFL and he gets more. Yeah. You know, maybe he gets, maybe it's fully guaranteed like what like he wants. Maybe. You know, um, and maybe from his point of view, just like it's not so bad to sit out a year, just anyway. Right. Like, it's fine, perhaps. I don't know. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, clearly he has not made the case that the Steelers need him, which he was obviously hoping James Conner was going to fail, right? He has to, he has to, naturally want that. And then they say, oh my God, what have we done? And yep. the whole league is like, oh boy, if they had Le'Veon, just imagine how good they'd be. And No, it's not like that. Right. Instead, it's like, oh look, Le'Veon was easily replaced by a third round pick. All right, so let's talk about this in terms of fantasy. Yes. So assuming he doesn't report, he then his value goes to zero for this year. Clearly, right? he's, he, he, is, can't, he can't play on any team after yeah. that, right? And James Conner's value goes... Um, stays where it is. Okay, it stays where it is, which is like the fifth best running back in the league, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. like... You can win your league with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I am correct in saying if he doesn't sign with the Steelers by this deadline, he cannot play for any team this year, right? That is what everyone is reporting. Okay. He will be ineligible. Yeah. For I'm going to, ho- I have him in a team. And even though that's the case, I'm going to hold on to him for at least a week and make sure that's really like, there's no like loophole he can yeah. find where he can play for a different team or something. Um, but of course he's just. Been- well, I mean, he can't play for a different team because the Steelers tendered him. Right. So, like, he's not allowed to, like, this, as soon if the Steelers ever pull their tender, then he's immediately a free agent. He can play for anyone. But if he doesn't come in by 4 o'clock on Tuesday, Eastern Standard, uh, then he's not eligible to play for the Steelers. And since they've tendered him, he's not eligible to play for anyone else either. I'm just still, I would still, just in case there's something I don't know about yeah. GMing that you can do. That's fine. Like- I mean, the story on sort of what's cost possible for Le'Veon has really changed over the course of this season where... First, everyone was saying, maybe this is bad. Oh, God, if he doesn't report, they're just going to do it. They're just going to tag him again next year. And then about two weeks ago, everyone realized that that isn't really the case. They tag him next year. It's like at the quarterback level, it's like $20 million a year for them. They have to pay him. Yeah. To, and it's, I mean, not that they would tag him again next year, probably anyway, but the whole thing just gets weird. So what's probably going to happen is Le'Veon is not going to show up. He's not going to play this year. This is what we talked about last week anyway, right? That we thought this was going to happen. The Steelers are either going to apply the transition tag on him, which means that they can match any offer he gets. They won't actually match, but then they can make a trade yeah. with whatever team so they can get better than the third-round compensatory pick, which they'd be getting for him because um, it's the end of the third round. 
That's what they're going to get if they just let him go. They mm-hmm. can, they got to be able to do better than that from some team that's willing to pay oh, Le'Veon yeah. $13 million a year. They're going to give up a second-round pick for him also, right? Yeah. So the Steelers will probably attach that money. By the way, the team <clears throat> that signs him might use the fact that they have to give up a second-round pick to drive down the cost and how much they're going to pay Le'Veon. That may be part of their negotiating. It's like, well, we can't pay you $16 million a year. We're, we're giving up this other thing, too. I don't know if he's going to care. I don't. That, he's not going to care. So, so that's not my problem. Why would he care? Yeah. You want me, you want me. That's it. All right. So this year, his value is basically zero. It, completely zero. It not basically. Matter. Entirely yeah. zero. Entirely zero. What about next year? Okay. Assuming he goes... To, it depends on what team he goes to. Yeah. If he goes to the Dolphins, which is a reasonable place for him to go, they have the money to sign him. Kenyon Drake isn't working out great. Frank Gore cannot keep doing this forever. That's what people keep saying. Right. But like if they can sign Le'Veon, they, they yeah. will. I got to believe. Um, they need some, they need help offensively for sure. So it's reasonable that that's a, that's a reasonable landing spot for him anyway. Yeah. Um, there are other ones too. The 49ers are pretty good, by the way. Um, Brita's pretty good if he's healthy. He's pretty good. But, you know, they might just sign Le'Veon and say whatevs. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but let's, let's say it's the Dolphins. I mean... Le'Veon and the Dolphins, I assume he's going to be at least pretty good. LaShawn McCoy's been good on the Bills when he's played, for the most part. Not this season as much. Last year, he was good. He had a good week. Last few years, he's been good. This year, he's been bad. Um, But he's not going to be the player that he's been fantasy-wise, right? Like, where does he go? If he's on the Dolphins right now, where does he go in next year's fantasy Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Half-point PPR. So we're assuming... He comes into camp. He's healthy. Yes. He looks like he's in shape. Yes. Nothing extraordinary is happening as far as attitude or anything like that. Ryan Tannehill's healthy and is the quarterback, let's assume. So nothing extraordinary. So it's the normal Dolphins team. I think he probably goes like sixth or seventh overall. I think he goes later. People are just going to gamble on him, I think. People are, okay, where should he go then? It's so hard to know. Um, I think he should probably go around the turn. Yeah, I think first like round turn. 14th. Something like that, yeah. Like, would you rather have him? I mean, let's just do running backs who you'd rather take ahead of him. This okay. shouldn't be too hard. There's five guys who are obvious. Yeah. No brainers, right? There's Zeke, there's Gurley, there's Connor, there's Gordon. Kamara. There's Kamara. Those guys are automatic, always yeah. going to be ahead of him. Okay. Um, who else? Saquon. Saquon is six. No question. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is seven. No doubt. Um, McCaffrey. Ooh, I guess McCaffrey's probably eight. Yeah, that's good. So there's eight guys. Let's see. Is there anybody else who stands out after that? I think he's the next guy unless Marlon Mack goes crazy the rest yeah, of the season. Yeah, it's not going to be Marlon Mack. Or David Johnson, who had a okay. good game last week. Yeah, if David Johnson nuts. continues this and it shows that it was at just the offensive coordinator. There, there's actually a few guys. Um, Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, Joe Mixon. David Johnson, any of them could have, maybe even Dalvin Cook could have monsters rest of the season yeah. and, and be the next guy. But otherwise, I think it's Le'Veon. Yeah. Carry on Johnson, probably not. Leonard Fournette, I guess if Leonard Fournette looks amazing the rest yeah. of the way, he could do it too. But Le'Veon's probably right there. So like the number eight or nine, 10 running back, which means, yeah, like 14, 15, 16. Which could be like you win your fantasy league if you get him there. It could be like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that will be all the articles about Le'Veon, yeah. right? will be like, this is the win your fantasy league pick. The upside is so high. And then, I mean, if you get him around 14, 15, 16, 
the downside isn't that bad, right? No, I mean, it's like you took Jordan Howard there this year or whatever. Like, I mean, if, you were, if you're losing your league, you did. Why would you yeah. take Jordan Howard at the turn? Well, no, I mean, he was more like 20th. Was, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, end yeah, of the but, second round. Sure, but like, I'm just trying to make an example of a player who could have gone there in some years oh. and like, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. And Devonta Freeman. Yeah, Devontae Freeman doesn't necessarily tank your team all the time, but it's oh not, yeah, absolutely. But but the thing is, like, if you take Le'Veon and he's healthy, he's not going to be awful. He's going to be the bell cow back in Miami. Yeah, he's going to put up somewhat okay. He's going to be an RB one, like almost for sure. I right? mean, certainly like the top fifteen, yeah. right? Like almost almost impossible for him to not be in the top fifteen. And once in a while, he's incredible. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Now the thing is that if it goes to the Dolphins, the Dolphins may get a new quarterback. Like we're saying Ryan Tannehill, but we don't really know what they're doing quarterback wise at this point. And I don't know if Adam Gase is still going to be there and all sorts of things could change, but I guess if they get Levy on, they're going to, that's them going for it. That's them not necessarily getting a rookie quarterback. Right? So if you're in a, a redraft keeper league, yes. Um, and you have Levy on, but you have to give up your first round pick next year for him. You don't do it, but if you have to give up your second round pick for him, you do. And you have Levy on, on your team based on all the information we have at this moment. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, we're going to know a whole lot more come when he signs with the team because there are teams he could sign with where we would say, whoa, honestly, the 49ers, if he signs with the 49ers and Garoppolo is totally back, I feel like he's a, he's going to go in the first round. I think he's going to go higher up than like 15th. And now, now he moves up to like 11th or 10th or something is my guess. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just see what happens with that. Yes. Yes, we will. Man, such an interesting thing that the players have talked about doing this for so long, but how often does this really happen? It's like once in the last 30 years this has actually uh, yeah, happened. Yeah, this is a saga that doesn't usually play out this way. And then for it to be one of the biggest stars in the league and also a fantasy star. Yeah. The guy who is, as you know, the number two pick in a lot of drafts. He was you definitely took him number my two. number two pick. When you traded down from number one yep. to take him at number two. Wow, what a disaster. Um, so it's, it's really just interesting that such a high-profile guy in all these different ways on a really good team that this could happen. Because yeah. no one really thought this was going to happen. Like, you took him at number two. I didn't blink an eye. I didn't think right, that was weird or bad. I mean, I took James Conner in the 14th round in that league, but like almost says, like, oh, well, just in case. Yeah. Maybe I'll probably get him for the first week at least, you know? Yeah. Because Le'Veon will come back, but he won't be totally ready and in game shape, and I'll get a week out of James Conner. And if Le'Veon gets hurt, maybe James Conner will be pretty good. And yeah. instead, you know. Then it turned out pretty well. Instead, anyone who took James Conner has got a real chance to win their league. Yeah, because is, they didn't have to pay much for him. Right. <clears throat> All right, new player. Let's talk about a different player. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So Joe Flacco is injured, and it's unsure if he'll play or not, but let's assume Lamar Jackson starts. Okay. Does he have value in 12-team leagues that have one quarterback? Oh, boy. Um, he has some value. Especially four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, right? Because then the rushing is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. That's right. Let me give you a couple stats here. Okay. Now, Lamar Jackson, I looked at his college numbers. His passing numbers are not impressive. Like, pretty bad, actually. Well, actually, never mind. When he was a junior, he did pretty well. He's only completed 59% of his passes. 3,600 yards. 8.5 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. Yeah. 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. For his junior year. But his rushing numbers, his junior year at Louisville, he had 232 attempts for 1,601 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. And he had, uh, let's see, 18 touchdowns yeah. rushing. So if he can, he's not going to replicate that. But if he can be that guy, like I've heard his rushing compared to Michael Vicks. So mm. if he can be that guy, he has a ton of fantasy value right away. Well, 
he has to get the start and he has to, they have to call plays for him that are going to allow him to run the ball. And I'm not sure how the problem is like, we've seen this with Cam Newton that teams don't really want to put their quarterback in harm's way so much, you know, and the quarterback running the ball on like, um, where you actually call the play for the quarterback to be the rusher. Yeah. Like those early in the, the Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson era, they were doing that with Russell Wilson. They've really gotten away from that, you know, and because mm-hmm. they just don't want to, the, the punishment these guys take is like, well, they t- I mean, a lot of Michael Vick's biggest runs were not designed runs. Yes, that's true. So like Lamar Jackson might not be the most accurate passer, but he can definitely extend the play. And then all of a sudden he's 25 yards down the field because he's right. fast and agile. The thing is, if he's a bad passer, then they can keep a spy on him the whole time. That's and it's true. Hard, it's harder for him to have the big runs. If he's a good enough rusher, I mean, Michael Vick would, would beat the spy every time. Yeah, He'd just run right by the guy. It didn't matter. It was almost not worth having a spy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was worth it, but it wasn't great. It wasn't great anyway. I mean, he's a very interesting fantasy guy right now. If you don't have a good quarterbacking, you have to pick him up, I right. think. Um, if you have good quarterbacking, eh, it's probably not that valuable in most leagues. What if your best quarterback is Andy Dalton? Man, I don't know if you're best. Who's Andy Dalton playing this week? <laughs> um, I don't remember. I had that. You made me forget. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. Well, Great. I think uh, you probably are going to play Andy Dalton. I think you have to play Andy Dalton. Unless he's up against a great defense. I don't know if he is. He is up against a great defense. He is at Baltimore. That is a great defense, actually. Um, That means Lamar Jackson and Andy Dalton are playing each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did see the Bengals just give up 50-some-odd points to the Steelers, right? It was 52 points, I believe. Yeah. On Sunday. I would still start Andy Dalton. I can't trust a rookie who has basically never played and isn't a good passer to come in and be better than Andy Dalton in his first week. I, I 100% don't think he will be a better NFL quarterback. I just think there's a chance he score, scores like two rushing touchdowns and gets 90 yards rushing. Of course know? there's a chance. Would you start him over Andy Dalton is the question. Depends on the rest of my team, I think. If my team is bad, I think I would. Like, take the high upside. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Take a shot. You I know? mean, two touchdowns and 90-yard rushing isn't really that that much. I mean, I guess if he puts up another 10 points in passing, yeah, which I think is game. doable. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just wonder if this kid's going to end up being like a must start fantasy option just because of his rushing. We, we have seen this in the past uh, with, with players for sure, where they come in as, and the rookies aren't really good at much, but they can run the ball pretty well as quarterbacks. And they put up pretty good fantasy numbers. Like we've yeah. seen that almost every year you see a, a guy who's pretty good at that. And Deshaun Watson was last year, although it turns out he was throwing the ball really Trubisky well. Trubisky this year. Trubisky is a good player. example. Yeah. Um, but every season it seems like there's a guy. Yeah. And we haven't really had one this year. So maybe this is the guy. Maybe. Or maybe there just isn't a guy. I mean, there's Taysom Hill, but he doesn't put no. up good fantasy numbers. He does he just, not count He is all. a good runner, though. I mean, I think the thing that's important to, to, to remind our listeners is there's a reasonable chance Lamar Jackson starts and puts up like a four-point fantasy day. Absolutely. He's just horrible and, you know, runs around but gets sacked a lot and just isn't able to get anywhere. It's, do a, it's a high-variance play. It's a super high-variance But it could play. also be one of those things where all of a sudden you're like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, it could be. I, would, I think picking him up is not unreasonable. If, you're, if your best quarterback is Andy Dalton, I just wouldn't play him in the first week. Yeah. I'd, I'd sit back and watch him, and if he looks good, now you've got this guy who – and you also – well, by the way, we don't even know if he's playing. And we're not going to know probably till game time if he's playing or not, you know, an hour before. Yeah. Um, but like after this week, we'll know a whole lot more. Like if the Ravens lose, they'll be four and six. They're much more likely to start playing Lamar Jackson more 
Uh, maybe he's the starter from there on out. If he plays well this week and they lose, he might be the starter from there on out. Yeah. Um, we're just going to know so much. And so I would, he's so, he's such a mystery. And while he does have high upside, a lot of guys have high upside, you know, um, I would not, I would not start him over a guy like Andy Dalton at all. Yeah, I guess not. Although the Bengals defense is the worst in the league. Really? Yeah. Oof, man. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I can't start him without him ever having really done anything. I can't do it. I can't do it. It'd be fun though, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be fun until he's horrible. Wouldn't it be fun if on the first drive, he just like sneaks out of the pocket and gets like a 38 yard run right away. And you're like, Ooh, didn't Marcus Mariota in his debut game in the NFL throw like four touchdowns in the first half or something crazy. Yeah, like I think that. so. And he also had like an 80 yard touchdown run that season. It was just like, wow. Yeah. And it turns out he wasn't that guy, but right. he sure looked good that first week. He sure did. Yeah. All right. Next topic. All right. Mentioning Mitchell Trubisky. Mm. Bears offense, is it legit? It's kind of been hot and cold. Like some weeks, the offense just blows up, puts up a ton of numbers. Trubisky puts up big numbers. The receivers are hard to predict because it's been different guys each week. And Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen have been hard to predict as well. But should you want a piece of this offense going forward in fantasy football? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I think you want a piece of Mitchell Trubisky going forward. He's been so good. He's got, uh, yeah, he's uh, 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions passing on the year with uh, 7.9 yards per attempt, which is pretty good. That's at least pretty good. 2,300 yards and rushing. He has got this year 41 rushes for 320 yards and three touchdowns, averaging 7.8 yards per rush attempt, which is excellent for a fantasy quarterback. The Bears schedule hasn't been all that tough so far. They scored 23 points at Green Bay in week one. They scored 24 points uh, hosting Seattle. They went to Arizona, scored 16, got the W. They did put up 48 against Tampa Bay when they were hosting Tampa Bay. Then they lost to Miami and New England, scoring 28 and 31 each, which isn't bad. Mm -hmm. And then the last three weeks, which is where they're looking a little better, 24, 41, and 34, but against the Jets, Buffalo, and hosting Detroit. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is sort of their their competition, but they have shown that they're able to score reasonable amounts of points no matter who their opponent is. And they can take advantage of bad teams for sure. But when you're talking about this from a fantasy perspective, who are you really betting on besides Trubisky that you feel really good about? Allen Robinson is back now. He was was injured, and Mm. he came back and had a great game. He did. I mean, it was against Detroit, but he did have a great game. Yeah, and Anthony Miller. Had a, had a big game. He was injured and came back as well. Hmm. He had 20, 21 fantasy I mean, points. Trubisky has to throw it to somebody, right? Yeah. So those two guys, Tariq Cohen is the guy who sort of stands out to me as the most likely guy to really bet on. Although Robinson is I, good. I think it's Allen Robinson probably. But Anthony Miller could be in the midst of his rookie breakout. You never know. I mean, he could, but he had, he had, we haven't seen it. I mean, you're saying he had a good game. His game, how good was his game? I mean, what did he end up doing? He did five, uh, five receptions for 122 and a touchdown is very nice. And he looked good doing it. He looked good doing it. Like he was breaking tackles and stuff. It was impressive. Okay. I think it's a hard to predict offense, and Trubisky is the only guy you can trust on a week-to-week basis for fantasy purposes. I mean, wh- without looking, what's the most yards Anthony Miller's had in a game receiving before this week? Like 75 or something. 49. Okay. So, I don't know, man. That's not a, one, one nice game is not enough on five receptions Right, but me. people were really high on him preseason. Said he yeah, was but that's good. really normal in the NFL where there's running backs and, and receivers who people are really excited about, and some of them do really well and some of them don't, and it's just super. Every year it's like that, right? I mean, yeah, no, I I agree. I just you know it's I think it's more predictive of a rookie's potential than a third year player's potential if they have a breakout game late in a season. 
I mean, Anthony Miller was a second-round pick this year, which is one of the reasons why people were excited about him. It's rare for receivers to have really big rookie years. Obviously, it's happened a bit more Odell. in the last five or six years. But what would you say? Odell. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Benjamin had a great rookie year. So did Mike Evans. I mean, yeah. it happens. But those guys are also all first-round picks. Right. Um, so they, they come in a little bit more physically prepared, usually, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Um, I'd be surprised. I would. I mean, I think Anthony Miller may be fine, but I'd be surprised if he's a real factor. You know, in terms of fantasy for the rest of the season, I would bet against that. But Allen Robinson's kind of an every week start as of now until further notice. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Allen Robinson, yeah, he's been... Now, Allen Robinson has had not amazing games either until this last one, but he looks good, I will say. Like, every time I see him make receptions, he's either wide open or is making an incredible catch, and it feels like he's just been hurt, and that's gotten in his way as much as anything. Yeah. So, so I have a fun thing about Mitchell Trubisky here because I'm looking at him on Pro Football Reference, and yeah. if players have a nickname, they have parentheses and then the nickname, mm-hmm. and his nickname is Mister Biscuit, probably because it sounds like that. He's a Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, probably. Mitch Trubisky, Mister Biscuit. I think Al Robinson is like a WR three rest of the way. No, no comment on Mister Biscuit. No, I got nothing to say. WR three for Al Robinson the rest of the way. I think sounds he's a solid right. WR three, and I think like Anthony Miller's like a solid like WR four and a half, five, something like that. So not a, not a lot of value, but like bench, Anthony Miller can be on your bench for sure. And you're probably starting Allen Robinson every week. And the running backs are interesting because you'd expect with game script that Jordan Howard is going to be the guy in yeah. games where the Bears are going to be winning. But that was not the case in the Lions game. He had a terrible game. And although the score was 34-24, the Bears were in complete control of the whole game. It was almost never in doubt. And there were four missed field goals by their kicker, Cody Parkey, who hit the crossbar every time. Yeah, so they really should have They should have won by a lot more. Yeah. Um, not the crossbar, the upright. Um, so that should have been a Jordan Howard game, and it wasn't. It's a bit of a concern as Jordan Howard owners, you know? Most yards Jordan Howard has had this year in a game. 98? 81. No, sorry, 82. He has an 82 and an 81 and a 69 and a 61. He has a couple two-touchdown games, right? One two-touchdown game. Uh, yeah, Tariq Cohen has been... Also inconsistent, but seems to have more upside. Well, the fact that they're throwing the ball as much as they are, and Cohen is clearly the safety valve, not just the safety valve by any means, but it's clearly that. I mean, he got uh, seven targets last week, which is pretty good. Although the two weeks before that, he had five combined targets. So I don't know. But then the week before that, 13, and then nine, and then eight. So it's it's really inconsistent. I'm not sure what's going on there. And maybe it's a, a game plan thing. Maybe it's an injury thing. But maybe they were just winning, beating the hell out of Buffalo and the Jets, and it didn't matter. So they weren't playing him as much and going to him as much. But I, I think Tariq Cohen's got a lot of talent. I think he's super fast, and I think he plays really well within sort of what they're trying to do and what Trubisky is. Like, Trubisky is going to Cohen a lot, and yeah. Cohen is, when he catches the ball in space, is just death. Yeah. So I like that. I like, I like him. I, I mean, I agree with you. Robinson's reasonable, too. And I would definitely... Trubisky should be rostered in every yeah. league at this point and should probably even be starting. He should for, probably be started by for most, most teams. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's the Bears offense. Cool. We got a couple of young breakout running backs this week. Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones both went bananas. Yeah, they really did. Nick Chubb had the longest play from scrimmage in Brown's history. 92 yards. In Browns history, I know it's the longest play from scrimmage this season in the NFL. Yeah, in modern Browns history, mm. like the new Browns oh, franchise, okay. you know, Got it. like 15 years old or whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so Nick Chubb, it, I mean, it wasn't like he's the fastest player, but I didn't realize that he had that level of speed where he could outrun the entire defense. Mm-hmm. So that's very promising, and, and he's looked good every time he's had the ball. Yeah. Is Nick Chubb an RB1 moving forward? 
Yes. Strong RB1, mid RB1? Um, I think he's probably a mid RB1. Like he's there's the first five guys who he's definitely not in that group. Yeah. But you know, RB1, that means he's a mid RB1. He has to be, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say he's probably like number seven. Might be number six. I mean, that kid looks fantastic. And since they traded away Carlos Hyde and given Chubb the job, it seems like all Chubb does is crush it. Has he had a bad game since they did that? Here, here are his games. <coughs> Excuse me. 18 rushes for 80 yards and a touchdown against Tampa Bay. Also, uh, well, two targets. Uh, against Pittsburgh, struggled a little bit. 18 for 65 and three receptions for 10 yards. 22 for 85 and a touchdown against Kansas City. 20 for 176 and a touchdown against Atlanta. I mean, they're giving him the ball. He's delivering. He's playing great. He is. And the, the only issue fantasy-wise is he's not a huge part of the passing game. That's kind right. of Duke Johnson's role, although he did have a receiving touchdown last week, which helped with his monster fantasy day of like 34 points and half PPR. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's good, right? He's just a good player. And it's weird that they had Carlos Hyde starting over him. I guess it's just Hugh Jackson being Hugh Jackson. I mean, they signed Carlos Hyde to this pretty big deal yep. and then drafted Nick Chubb, and that was a weird kind of combo decision anyway. Right. They do the same things. They're not like different types of players. Also, I mean, when you spend your second-round pick on a running back, you're taking him so you can start him during these years when he's cheap. Yeah. Not early, when he gets early expensive. Early second-round pick, by the way. First overall in the second round. Oh, right? was it that? Was it really? Well, oh, that makes... they had the first pick of the first round, right? They did. That doesn't mean he's necessarily was taken there, though, right? I, I mean, they could have made a trade though. or something. He was actually the third pick of the third second pick. Round, okay. So there you go. But yeah, still early pick. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, in, if he's a running back, he's supposed to be getting the carries. You don't develop your running backs. They're ready to go. So the good for the Browns, at least to rectify the situation and turn Hyde into a fifth round pick. So yeah. they did that. I mean, they cost him some money and a little bit of Nick Chubb playing, but who cares? What the hell were the Jaguars doing, by the way, with that trade? I mean, it was their insurance against Fournette coming back. I guess, but like part of that was they don't believe in Yeldon, but then Yeldon was playing the critical downs over Hyde when Fournette wasn't playing last week. Yeah, that's that's what was happening. It's true. Maybe Hyde's a little banged up. Maybe they don't think he's that good after all. I don't know. Hyde's, Hyde's had a bit of a strange career. Yeah, he you has. Know? was looking pretty good in San Francisco. Signed to be the guy in Cleveland and then was traded. I was the guy for six weeks or eight weeks or something, and then just, bam, gone. And that's it, man. And now he's just a backup. And I assume Jacksonville's going to cut him at the end of the year and not pay him, right? They have he'll, Fournette. He'll end up somewhere as a backup, I guess. I mean, if Miami doesn't uh, doesn't get like Bell, Hyde might be their guy. Maybe. You know? There's teams. The Texans will... maybe could be done with Lamar Miller. Yeah, I think they are. Uh, Texans, by the way, another good team for Le'Veon to potentially go to. Great team, actually. For yeah. Him. If Le'Veon goes to the Texans... He's like the number eight pick in the draft. That, that would be interesting with, with the Deshaun Watson quarterback. Yeah. 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 It feels like, wow, that should be incredible. All maybe, right. maybe he's a top five pick even. Let's pivot to Aaron Jones, okay. who also had a monster game over 30 fantasy points. He's averaging 6.8 yards per carry. He's averaging the most yards per carry of eligible running backs. Last year, he averaged 5.5 yards per carry. What's going just, on? Is he just this good? Because I mean, there are other players on the same team who don't do nearly as well. Jamal Williams looks like complete garbage compared to Aaron Jones. It's weird. I mean, Aaron Jones is a hard runner, yeah. for sure. When he was tearing up, uh, who did they play the other, the other day? No, I forgot. Um, they, Seattle. When he was tearing up, which he did. He destroyed Seattle. Yeah, that's right. He did have some really nice runs, but also there were a lot of big holes, honestly. It's like, oh, look, huge hole. Aaron Jones running through it. True, but 
Jamal Williams has never put up no, like yeah. the first four weeks. Aaron Jones was suspended. Yeah. And, or maybe it was just two weeks, but Jamal Williams did not look that good. Like he's given the same opportunities. So maybe Aaron Jones is just good. By the way, it wasn't Seattle. It was Miami. Seattle oh. was the Rams. Gotcha. Yeah. My mistake. Um, so is this Green Bay finally committing to a running back instead of the committee? You know, they traded Ty Montgomery earlier. It seems like they're kind of done with giving Jamal Williams half of the work. Is this a sign of Aaron Jones being the guy in Green Bay now? Um, that is a fair question. I mean, he had 20 touches total, right? That's a lot. Day. That's pretty good. Uh, Jamal Williams only had five touches. Yeah. So that is definitely, it looks like they're committing. I don't see why they wouldn't commit to him. Right. Right. I mean, he's tearing it up. I don't, I, it, this is the Le'Veon Bell argument all over again. It's hard to know how much is him and how much is sort of circumstance. He is doing better than Jamal Williams, at least for now. Yeah. Sometimes we see guys do this, and then the next year they don't do it anymore. And right. it's like, oh, maybe it was just luck or their opponent or Matt Jones. different things. There's lots of guys. Matt Jones is one of many, many, many examples of running backs who are awesome one year and terrible the next. Yeah. Gurley had that year where he was awful. Remember that? Seems hard to believe now. Like, he was great his rookie year. Yeah. He's been great the other two years and was horrible his second year. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. And maybe that's coaching, maybe that's scheme, maybe that's a bunch of different things, but it's, it's hard to really be able to sort of separate out what, what's relevant. I mean, I agree. However, unlike the Le'Veon thing where James Connors come in and it could be like, oh, it's just the Steelers system because yeah. he's just as good as Le'Veon. Aaron Jones is in the same system as yeah. Jamal Williams. No, that's true. And in the same year, you yeah. know, like it's just, they just are different. It seems like they're different. The reason they kept Jamal Williams in so much, by the way, is that he's better in pass protection, I think. And, you know, they're trying to keep Aaron Rodgers from hurting himself, which is reasonable. Yeah. But Jones, I mean, is Jones like a high-end RB2 going forward? What was the name of that Bengals running back? Jeremy, uh, what's his name? Jeremy Hill. Oh, Jeremy Hill. Yeah. Who was like so good his rookie year. Yeah. And I remember I took him like eighth overall in a draft. And everyone, you and a bunch of other people were all upset that I took him ahead of you guys. Yeah. You were all going to take him. And he was horrible. And he's never been good again. Right. He was on the Patriots for a bit this year. Yeah, this year they signed him for a little while. Yeah. Um, So he's the kind of example, though, where he played. He was way better than Giovanni Bernard. Now, they have slightly different roles, but but in the beginning, they didn't that his rookie year. Gio was the running back, and they drafted Hill in the second round, and Hill just came on super strong and was, like, awesome. But then he just wasn't, and I don't understand why. Like, I don't know what the hell happened there. So I leave out there's a chance that this could be happening with Aaron Jones, too. But having said that, I would certainly be willing to bet on Aaron Jones over Jamal Williams at this point. And I absolutely think he's the guy going forward for Green Bay. All right. Finally, Green Bay picked a guy. It's been years. Yeah. Back to my question. Yeah. Is it, where does he rank now? Is he like a high-end uh, RB2 rest of season? Or is he... At least. Low-end RB1? I think he's even low-end RB1. If they're going to give him 20 touches a game, he's got to be RB9 like nine rest of the way, doesn't he? I don't know. There's a lot of guys. Who else is there? We, named the, we know the top five. We know Nick Chubb. Yeah. He's in there. Aaron Jones is in there. Who else is really in there? Kareem Hunt is ahead of him. Kareem, oh, Kareem Hunt is way ahead of him. Yeah, McCaffrey's ahead of him. <laughs> McCaffrey's way ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there's eight guys. There were eight guys, and then and then there's, because um, we were doing the Levy yeah. thing, right? So there's eight guys. Then there's Nick Chubb. Then there's Nick Chubb. And who would you rather have the rest of the season, Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones? Nick Chubb. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm more convinced. And also, they are clearly committed to Nick Chubb. Yeah. And Mike McCarthy never commits to a running back except last week. By so here's a quick question. Yeah. Rest of season, David Johnson or Aaron Jones? I'm going Aaron Jones. It's tough though. I mean, new it offensive coordinator. Tough. 
New, New offensive Orf- coordinator. For so what? All right. I mean, that's cool. It isn't like they've had a whole season to work stuff out. You can't, impl- you can't, you know, implement that many new kinds of plays. They don't have time to learn everything or do new stuff that much. He can call different kinds of plays, but they're all the same plays they already have. I actually think they're really close. So for the sake of fun in the podcast, you want to bet it? Um, I have Aaron Jones. Yeah, week 11 on half point PPR. Sure. I got David Johnson. You got Aaron Jones. Done. Cool. Count it. 20 bucks. Done. All right. I'm going to win. It's going to be great. I think it'll be a fun bet. It'll be fun when I win. Moving on to a quarterback who seems to have revitalized his career. I know who that is. Andrew. Mr. Luck. Andrew Andrew. Yeah. He's been the last three weeks. He has 10 touchdowns, one interception. He's thrown for a lot of yards. He looks like he's back. So he's back to being the fantasy guy that everybody wanted him to be. I think he is. I think he actually is. Do you think so? I think he probably is. He seems like he's actually healthy. Mm-hmm. He didn't do the thing where he came back too early from his injury. You know, he, he actually healed entirely, which was very painful for the Colts during that time. Oh, man. It's like two and a half years gone. But so, it's, so gone. it's a lot better as a quarterback who quarterbacks have so much more longevity than they used to. He's only 29. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's have the next 10 years with Andrew Luck as yeah. a healthy player instead of getting him re-injured right away. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that was probably the right choice. He's QB8 right now, and it took him a while to get going. Like yeah. the first four weeks, he wasn't super hot or anything. There was that game where they had Jacoby Brissett come in and throw the Hail Mary on the That's last right. play, and everybody freaked out, including me. That said, I'm not sure he's passing the guys who are in front of him. I guess he probably is going to pass some of them if he were to keep playing this well. I'm thinking about next year where, where, he, where he slots. So there's a, so many good quarterbacks. It's almost freaky. It's almost like Freaky Friday it's, with Lindsay Lohan. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Why'd you leave her out? Because I'm a Lohan man. You're a low man? A Lohan man. Low man. Nice. You're, you're right. a Curtis Burtis. By the way, there's one surprising name in the top nine quarterbacks. Only one. Is and I'm tr- not counting Mitchell Trubisky. It's as not surprising. Trubisky. No, no, no. Because surprising, like, you're when, not like, oh, I didn't expect that at the beginning of the year. I mean, like, right now, you're going to be like, what? How was that guy this number? I think. I think. Maybe, maybe you won't be surprised, but I am shocked. You're shocked? I'm shocked. Let me give you a hint. He's in the top five. Let me make it a little easier. He's in the top four. I'm going to, you know, cut that down. He's in the top three. Wait a second. He's in the top two. He's the number two quarterback. Who could it be? Roethlisberger? Nope. Roethlisberger's five. I'm going to knock out guys for you. Mahomes is one. Goff is three. Breeze is four. Roethlisberger's five, Cam is six, Trubisky's seven, Luck is eight, Aaron Rodgers is nine, Deshaun Watson's ten, Philip Rivers is eleven. Who's number two? By the way, Kirk Cousins is, is uh, thirteen. It ain't Kirk Cousins. Who's number two? It's not Breeze, is it? It's not. Breeze not. is four. Um, Cam Newton? Nope. Cam is six. Andy Dalton? Nope. Andy Dalton is not on the. Is like so far down. It's crazy. He's like twenty something. So it's some guy who's just been going bananas and. I'm unaware of it for some reason. This is what I'm saying. It's shocking. I'm going to tell you because we can't wait yeah. any longer. Matt Ryan is the number two quarterback in oh. fantasy. Wow. How about that? I mean, the Falcons offense is really good. Yes, they are. But how about that? Where yeah. did he go in fantasy drafts? Late or yeah, not at all. Like 12th round. He was like a backup and yeah. stuff like that in a lot of spots. Yeah, he's been delivering big yeah. time. I think actually Tevin Coleman playing more has probably helped them help with his numbers a little bit, right? He's a he's, better receiver than yeah. He's throwing the ball a little bit more yeah. as a dump off. They're running the ball a little bit less. And the emergence of Calvin Ridley as a threat yes. alongside Julio. Yeah. Finally, he's getting, he's getting passing touchdowns that he wasn't getting last yeah. year because of that. That's a good point. And Julio is now scoring touchdowns again. He's got two. 
I mean, two in the last two weeks. Yeah. Come on. Screen passes, but whatever. We'll you think take he, it. You think he beats last year's three by the end of the year? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty close. But yes, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Julio, who became the player who was fastest to, fastest to 10,000 receiving yards with 104 games. Second fastest was Calvin Johnson with 116 games. Yeah, what the hell, That's man. crazy impressive how many yards he racks up per game. Yeah, like in theory, Julio could break. Well, he's not going to break Jerry Rice's touchdown record, but in theory, he could sort of catch up and break all the other records. Yeah. But the longevity required to do that is, I think, just makes it basically impossible. Right, right? and he's had injury history with like foot injuries too, which are bad for receivers. But even with all that, still fastest by a lot to 10,000 yards. which was surprising that he was so much faster than Calvin Johnson. I would never have thought that. Yeah, very impressive. I would assume Jerry Rice would have had him beat too, even though Jerry Rice played in a different era. Like, I would still think, because Jerry Rice owns the record book. Right. Owns it. He does. It's really kind of incredible. Like, if you haven't done this, look it up. Just look up receiving yards and receiving and just touchdowns. Not even receiving touchdowns, just touchdowns. Jerry Rice is so far ahead of everyone else, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's like Gretzky. It's like Gretzky. That's right. All right. So, one more thing about fantasy, and then we'll get to our best bets. Okay. The Bills... Got rid of Nathan Peterman. They finally uh, cut him. Praise all. And they they had uh, Matt Barkley <laughs> come in, yep. USC quarterback of, of old. He's probably, what, 28 years old now? Maybe he's younger than that. I don't know. But he was good somehow. Mm-hmm. The Bills were good. LaShawn McCoy was good. Yeah. The Bills are not as bad as we thought, it seems. I mean, the Bills have the number one defense in the league. Is Matt Barkley the quarterback going forward now? Yes. Interesting. He just comes off the scrap heap. I mean, I mean, he's not the number one quarterback. I mean, he's fr- until uh, Allen's healthy. Yeah. But I don't think Allen's probably going to be back this year is my guess. I, yeah, maybe not. They're probably going to be really careful with him. Yeah. Um, I mean, Barkley's not going to be the quarterback next season on the Bills. It'll be Allen. But Barkley probably is the backup or starting somewhere else, depending on how he does the rest yeah, of the he, season. I mean, if he he's not going to keep up this because he had no. like three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and decent right. numbers all around. No chance. He's not going to keep that up. But if he keeps up something where he like for the rest of the season gets like 12 touchdowns and four interceptions and reasonable yardage, he'll, he'll get a job. Yeah, for sure. Oh, just this week alone isn't. I mean, the Cardinals gave Sam Bradford, you know, $20 million. No, so, well, they signed him to a three or $60 million yeah. deal. But he picked up something like, I think he picked up 20, $18 million and he played three games. And they cut him. Yeah. So... He got paid $6 million. I mean, that guy is just, wow. That guy is like D.B. Cooper, basically. I mean, what (laughs) the hell? It's unbelievable the getting away with it-ness that he he has shown. The Bills still have no relevant fantasy receivers, though, somehow. They have Kelvin Benjamin. I started Kelvin Benjamin to my eternal regret in two leagues last week. You got to start LaShawn McCoy at this point. Yeah, well, he had such a good game, and now we believe with Barkley back, maybe it's something real. Um, Charles Clay could be a reasonable start for some people Maybe. too, as a as a tight end. Tight end is so bad this year. Zay Jones was okay. Guess who the fifth ranked tight end in the NFL in fantasy is this year? You mean overall? Overall half point PPR fifth ranked tight end. This is how bad tight end is. Wow. The top four are actually pretty good. Well, I mean Kelsey Ertz, obviously those are your top two. Yeah. Um. Someone else just had a big game who's pretty good. Who was it? Is not, it, he is in the top four, but he's not that good. Oh, who are we talking about? Eric Ebron. That's right. That's what I'm thinking. And the, right. fourth, the fourth one is a young player who's breaking out this year. Why don't you just tell me? George Kittle. Oh, right. Good old George Kittle. Yeah, he's, he's a good tight end. Yeah. So guess who oh, number yeah, five good. is who has 
about 30 fewer fantasy points than George Kittle. So there's a huge drop off. <laughs> I mean, I have no sense of who it could Who's be. Who's a terrible tight end that people often get optimistic about? Like every couple there's years. There's so many guys. He's like been on that. a bunch of different teams. I have I have him and I've been excited about him before. <laughs> he looks athletic. He has big they all, games. They all look athletic. Jared Cook. Jared Cook. He's number five. He's the number five. That's how bad tight end this year is. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Well, I mean, part of it's because Gronk has been hurt and lumbering when he isn't when he's yeah. playing. Um, but still, that's really weird. Delaney Walker's out for the season also. Yeah. Greg Olson's been hurt a lot. Greg Olson's been hurt. He he would certainly be number yeah. five if he was healthy right. the whole season. Um, he looks pretty good, by the way, these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Graham is just not that good and no. hasn't been good for a really long time. It's been years. Yep. It's basically, since the moment he left the Saints, he was no good. Yeah. It's kind of incredible, really. What a disappointment. Remember he's when been Gary for. Barnage was good? No, he's just gone. He that, I mean, he had one good season. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, though. Austin Hooper has been coming out a little bit recently. He has. I mean, he's had a good year. Actually, Austin Hooper would have been a good guess for uh, fifth. He would be. If yeah. you hadn't given me all those clues. Yeah. I have him somewhere. I've been playing him since like week two in one of my leagues. Just like every week, just, okay, Austin yep. Hooper again. I think I'm winning the league too. Like, I think I have the best record in the league. And Austin yeah. has been good enough while my other players are, you know, doing all the it's, heavy lifting. It's so rough because not only was tight end thin during drafts, but there have been so many busts due to injury or otherwise, you know, mm-hmm. Gronk, Jordan Reed, uh, Evan Ingram. I mean, uh, Jordan Trey, Reed Trey being Burton. a bust, I mean, sure, but like, well, guys that you, you know what you're getting, you know, you know, there's some real risk when you're right, going but to guys Jordan that you Reed. drafted hoping they were your every week tight end who yeah. have just not been that. I mean, I was always shocked that Evan Ingram was, was sort of taken ahead of a lot of other guys. He went, he was going like in, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth round in a lot of leagues. Yeah. And I just never understood that. Trey Burton. He's been a big disappointment. That guy. Yeah. A lot of people were very excited. I about mean, him. it's weird that he's not more successful because he seems perfect for that type of offense. Yeah. Like the athletic tight end who can do the jet sweep and stuff, and, but they're just not using him that much. Yeah. Uh, there was on a, uh, the CBS fantasy podcast, which I was listening to this morning as I was coming over, there were, someone had written in about getting rid of the tight end position as a mandatory position in fantasy football. Hmm. So that was really weird. I'd never considered that. I don't think you should do that, but they were saying just have another flex instead where you can play the tight end, but you don't have to. I think it probably makes the game less interesting. Yeah. But there are a lot of dead tight ends this year, too. So it's I would rather make you start two tight ends and have tight end stats be inflated. Yeah. You know, like 1.5 PPR or something. I think that's better, too. Yeah. So, then, so then guys have value who get like four catches for 40 yards, you mm-hmm. know, because they get 1.5 per catch. Right on. That would be more fun. All Agreed. right. Let's do best bets. All right. Let's do this. I'll go first. All right. The Houston Texans travel to Washington. Okay. They are favored by two and a half points. I like Houston, minus two and a half. Let's do this. Because you think Washington is BS and Houston is coming on? Um, I mean, Houston's won six in a row. Um, Deshaun has had a chance to uh, get his lungs healed because he had a bye week, which I think probably really helps sort of taking two weeks off for him. Um, Teams do really well off bye weeks anyway. Like, that's normal to do great off a bye week. Um, Houston is coming on their first four wins were really suspect, but their last two have been much more impressive. Washington, I think is a pretender, even though they've got a good looking record. I don't really buy them as a real good team anyway. So you put it all together. Yeah. I like Houston minus two and a half reasonable. So that's not a bad belly bet at all. It's just, nope. what you think? That's just, I like that. You got any more? Nope. I got two. 
One is bad belly, one is not. I'll start with the not bad belly one. The uh, Saints are at home, and the Eagles are coming to town. Yeah. And the Saints are favored by seven and a half points. Mm-hmm. I want to take the Saints. I think they're going to blow them out. You are such a Saints freaking lover at this point. I Every think, week you talk about Drew Brees and the Saints. I think they're God. great. You are so, re- so, so on that train. I mean, I think they're going to blow the Eagles out. The Eagles just lost to the Cowboys. Right, but that's why you think they're going to blow them out? It's just because they lost to the Cowboys? No, because the Eagles aren't very good. That's like, like the Eagles aren't, they have the perception of being good because they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they're not good. And the Saints are blowing a lot of teams out. They are. And they're at home where they're amazing on offense. I mean, the Saints went to Cincinnati, and yeah, that was really weird how badly they beat the Bengals. Yeah. Really weird. By the way, last week, I wanted to take Cincinnati getting four and a half, and you were like, nope. So it wasn't one of our best bets. Good. Phew. <laughs> so I just feel like the Saints are just going to keep it rolling and destroy the Eagles. Okay. What else you got? My bad belly bet is the Jaguars are hosting the Steelers, and the Jaguars are plus five at home. So I want to bet the Jaguars plus five because I just feel like that can't be right. Mm. Like the Steelers should be more favorite than that. I mean, if what do you think the Steelers would be should should be favored if they were in Pittsburgh? If they're in Pittsburgh, yeah, ten. Okay. Yeah, because they would be like eight point favorites based yeah. on this line in Pittsburgh. No, sorry, that's not true. They'd be eleven point favorites based on this line, right? So what do you think? Um. Well, if they would be eleven point favorites based on this line, that means five is about right. Well, in fine. theory. In right? theory. Um, but that doesn't mean that, it, well, but, but the bad belly, I understand the bad belly thing, what you're saying. I'm more convinced with the first one than the second one, the okay. Saints one, personally. So you want to do, well, you, you pick your best bet. I'll pick my best bet. We'll do them both. All right, let's do the Saints. Okay. Saints minus seven and a half. I'll take Houston minus two and a half. Sounds good. Great. Let's do it. Bam. Feels good. We're going to keep on this winning train. That's right. Rolling on down. All right. Finally. Survivor, for those of you who that matters to, which is probably not many anymore. There shouldn't be a whole lot of survivors left, although last week shouldn't have been a problem for anyone. Um, New England lost. You might have lost a few people there. Philly lost. You may have lost 10% of your league there. But all the big favorites won. Here's We're going to do a quick survivor thing. There's not much to say here. Uh, the Chargers are hosting Denver. They're a significant favorite. They're a little more than a touchdown. Uh New Orleans is hosting Philly. They're seven and a half point favorites as well. Um, those are the two obvious ones. There really isn't any other game where there's a, there's a big favorite here. So that's it. You kind of are picking from those two. If you don't have those two games available to you, you're going to have to real. I mean, you're screwed. You're going to be very <laughs> sad. I guess we're taking the Steelers going to Jacksonville. Ugh. If you don't have those teams, then offer a deal. It's going to be like a small pool of players. If you don't have either of the favorites, that's not a, a bad good time idea. to offer a chop with everybody yeah, else. That's really not bad. You should have the chargers though. You could really have the chargers. Good. That's not crazy. Um, if you, if you have both of those teams available to you, the saints and the chargers, um, I would probably go with the chargers because the saints have a better, much more favorable rest of the season schedule. Although the chargers next week have a good game too, where they're hosting Arizona. But Saints have got a lot of pretty good games all the rest of the way, although nothing as good as Arizona next week, honestly, for, for the Chargers. So actually, maybe we take the Saints then. So Because the, things are wrapping up. We're not going to make it much further anyway. Yeah. So maybe we can go Saints this week and Chargers next week, unless we think everyone's going to be on the Saints. I don't know what numbers uh, in terms of Yahoo users. I don't have that data yet. For some reason, it hasn't been posted this week. Okay. So we're going a little bit blind here. But I would guess people are on the Saints and not on the Chargers as much. But... 
big groups of people are on both of those because those are the, really the only two reasonable teams you can take here. I got an update. Good. Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell will not show it's out a, for a year. It's official. It's official. No Le'Veon. Okay. James Conner owners breathe a sigh of relief. The, you did it. You like made it all the way through the obstacle course and you made it to the other end. Somehow, some way you ran the gauntlet. Congratulations. Hey, I got another piece of news. I just want to quickly mm. touch on here. This just came out. The Chiefs and Rams are considering not playing due to the me- messy field in Mexico City. Really? Yeah. So what are they going to do? I don't know. Um, I just saw the headline. Why don't you, uh, why don't you look into that? A prominent that, player told Adam Schefter, it's not fair to risk our health. They did not name the player. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do because that's, that's like the marquee game of the year maybe so far. They're going to play it. I think that this is just the player saying clean up the field. Yeah. It's, it's so early in the week. It's Tuesday. They're not playing until it's a Monday night game, right? Or is yeah. it Sunday? Monday night. They've got so much time. They can, they could import a new field by then. I mean, it shouldn't be a problem at all to clean up that field. They have days and days. It says the NFL is discussing moving or postponing the game. Really? Yeah. I can't believe they would postpone the game. That screws up all the rest of the schedule. Most of the buys are done. How are you going to get those two teams to play another, at another time? I don't know. It seems, seems really hard to do when, as you said, this is the marquee game of the year. Yep. So I got to believe they're gonna, the NFL would rather move it than postpone it. And if they're moving it, they could put it a whole bunch of places, right? Yeah. I'm sure that the, fan, the, the teams are happy to play anywhere. Any kind of neutral field is fine. Yeah. And pretty much any stadium in the country will be happy to have that game because it'll sell out anyway because it's the two best teams in the league. Yeah. Or two of the three best teams in the league. They're both 9-1, and one, right? Yeah. You know, the last time we had a nine, two 9-1 nine and one teams playing? It's been a while, huh? It's been like four times in the last like 40 years or something like that. It almost never happens. So... It's a big deal. All right. Well, that's the news to end the podcast on. Cool. We'll see if that game happens. Yeah. 